Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away. He's home. He's James Pierce. Hello James, if you're listening, which obviously you are, because you have to. However, joining me is Echo journalist Neil Jones. Hello Ian, you okay? And I'm okay, thanks. Thanks, how are you? Yeah, all yeah, good, okay. all good. And our friend and colleague and extremely tall person, <laughs> <laughs> Paul... Ghost. Hello, Ian. Twitter game. I was about, I was about to ask, how have your games been on Twitter this week? I don't know, but I'm sure the automated system will let us know. <laughs> and if it doesn't let you know, we'll let you know. Don't worry about that. Uh, right, we will start then with the uh, game last night. We're recording this on Saturday afternoon. Last night's game was obviously the Merseyside derby, the latest one, an FA Cup third round tie at Anfield. And it was a very special occasion for a number of reasons, but the main one that Liverpool fans will be happy about, Neil, is the sight of Virgil van Dijk. Yes. Not only getting onto the pitch, starting a game, defending quite well, and then popping up at the cop end to head in a, a very late winner. Yeah, and winning someone whose name may have been mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of money as well, with a bet that he'd, he'd had he on He didn't Virgil celebrate, did he, in his own no, he was, he, style? No, he, he maintained his, uh, an air of professionalism. <laughs> Lied, um, Neil yeah. Jones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've started with a lie yeah, on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, but as you say, what a what a script, what a what an um, what a fairy tale as Jurgen Klopp described it afterwards. He said there's not too many fairy tales in the world, but this was a pretty special one. Um, some people were surprised he he started the game. I I wasn't. I thought he should, and I was glad he did. And uh, I was even more glad he did, if you like, when I saw how how easily he. he he fitted into the the whole Liverpool system. He didn't look at all like a player who hadn't played for a couple of a couple of weeks. He didn't look like a player who was overawed by the idea of coming into a derby match or an FA Cup tie, seventy five million pound price tag. He just looked like someone who played for Liverpool for a long time and probably will play for Liverpool for a long time. He was excellent. Uh, him and Andy Robertson were my two star men on the uh, on the player ratings, and well. We didn't expect him to do what he actually did to cap to cap the night off. That's not what he's been signed for necessarily. But I think it's uh, we've talked and talked about Van Dijk and what he brings and the idea that he can attack balls in both boxes. And we saw evidence of it last night. He won so many headers. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'm pretty sure this season Dominic Calvert-Lewin's won the most aerial duels well, yeah, of any, I mean, any forward. I was going to say I've seen a lot of Everton recently, and he has. Well, he's he's kind of tailed off through fitness levels and a bit fatigued. He does win an awful lot of headers, yeah. and I think Van Dijk won all, but I think I counted two. Yeah, I can't I can't think of too many that Calvert Lewin did. And even if he if he didn't win them cleanly, he was he was strong and he was bumping Calvert Lewin. Um, positive signs, very positive signs. It's all downhill from here, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Derby yeah. winner on your debut. <laughs> Now, Ghosty, you know, Liverpool spent £75 million pounds to, to plug the gap in the in, in defence and it's pretty typical for a Jurgen Klopp team that his first major contribution is to score <laughs> on goal. Very yes. typical. Um, but, you know, as Neil's just said, his actual defending, I mean, me and Neil were there, we, that's what I was impressed with more than anything, is that, as Neil said, he just seemed to just fit straight in. But then that's, it, in central defence, if you are a leader, no matter where you are in any position, You've got that confidence. You're always going to just go straight into a team and automatically make a difference because you are confident in yourself. Yeah, well, one of the kind of personality traits he seems to have is he's, he's dead cool and calm, and, and he brought that onto the pitch straight away. Within two minutes, he's, he's bellowing at his fellow defenders as if he's played with them for, for 200 games. Um, there was a few times where he was sort of nipping into challenges and just poking it away from Calvert-Lewin, and Calvert-Lewin would go down, and, and normally you'd see that given for a free kick, but they, they were... Clean as a whistle, the challenges, and, and he had Liverpool 
back on the front foot. And I kind of wrote at the, the beginning of the year that Liverpool would do well to get him in quietly and just get him settled as soon as possible. And you know, try and quiet the, the, the mentions of the 75 million fee. But he's done anything but hasn't he? He's, he's popped up and he scored the winner against Everton. Cop end debut, knock Everton out the cup. As Neil says, it's all downhill, isn't it? I mean, I got a text message of somebody after the game, a regular person who goes to watch Liverpool all the time, a season ticket holder, in fact, and they were saying that you know it's very strange seeing a Liverpool defender win 95% of the headers and marshal the defence. Yeah. But there are two things that instantly... I know it's only one game, but we've let's face it, we've all seen Van Dijk play quite a lot over the last couple of years since he's been in the Premier League. He did exactly what? straight away what Jurgen Klopp bought him to do. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I've said this on a couple of podcasts, certainly, that Van Dijk's influence starts in the tunnel and when you're lining up against him. And that will only help. Now, he looked he look bigger than 6 foot 4 now to people. You know, Jordan Pickford's come off his line. and He's not going to be as big as Paul. Yeah, he'll never be as big as Paul. <laughs> um, that's, we can only dream of, of those kind of uh, honours. But, but <laughs> he, he now, he's already cemented that. And I think when you line up against Tall players who are good footballers as well it does it does have a sort of psychological impact when you think you know we've all we've all been there when you you've got a, a big man coming up from the back and you're all defending a, a set piece you think oh, who's marking him and hopefully it's not me you know that's sort of what you think isn't it it's kind of like the old Ron Yates thing isn't yeah, it yeah yeah the Colossus and Ron Yates ironically Ron Yates wasn't as big as as sort of you would think he was I he was think. big for the 60s he was big for the 60s yeah he was big in the 60s as yeah, well yeah he was yeah but, um, but Van Dyke is is he, you can see just looking from the, the stands, he, he's a big guy, he's, he's imposing, and he obviously he's also someone who attacks the ball. He's not like a, a Peter Crouch or someone like that who, who, who sort of size wins and headers, but it's not he's not really an aggressive sort of header of the ball. He he really is a good good aerial pre- presence. Someone you know, I'd imagine him enjoying a battle with Andy Carroll or someone like that, which we've seen Christian Benteke, people yeah. like that. We've seen Liverpool play, uh, defenders struggle with those kind of battles. I think. Um, I think it's good, and I think it's a perfect start for him. That that was what I was. I sort of, I sort of said it without thinking he'd get the winning goal in the game. Mm. I sort of said, well, what better way to introduce him to Liverpool than with a with a, a game against Everton? Big crowd, big atmosphere, big night, and you know, once you're off to that win in the derby, I think you're um, you're already on the good side of the fans. Now, if you're spending seventy five million pounds on a play, you you have to suspect he's going to start more games than not. However, it's who's going to be starring alongside Virgil van Dijk at centre-back. It was Joel Matip on Friday night, and he did have his 50p head on again, so his <laughs> heading was a little bit wavered, and he did look a little bit... As he has done all season, to be fair, he's not as convincing as he was last season. And if you look at Liverpool's previous game, which was at Burnley, both Clavan and Lovren did very well and obviously combined for the winner. Van Dijk starts against Manchester City. I don't know we're looking ahead now. Van Dijk starts against Manchester City. Who's actually leading the race to... Star alongside him at centre back. I'd, I'd probably still say Matip if I'm honest. I think Matip would benefit from someone who's a bit more, <coughs> excuse me, a bit more commanding next to him. I don't think Lovren's always that, um, but I think Van Dijk certainly is. Um, Van Dijk's obviously good on the ball as well, uh, similar to Matip. Um, but I think in terms of who's winning that race at, at this point, I can't really make a case for anyone other than Joel Matip. Um, really? Yeah, I mean Ragnar Lovren's done particularly well, um, but against Manchester City, you want your best defenders on the pitch, and I think. Matter would be uh, my choice. Neil? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Clavan is uh, as, as well as he's done. And, he's done well against Manchester City in the past. Admittedly, well, not the 5 not nil. The five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll gloss over that one. But yeah, I don't think Clavan's. 
he's he's a backup centre back now, and that's what he should have been really all along. He should, mm. you know, he's he's been pressed into more games than I think he should have been, and the yeah, club thought he would be. I, I, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I think it will be Matip personally. I think I think he'll be the the one who'll get the first chance if you like to, to have a go with Van Dijk. Um, but I think I'll form Lovren. Lovren, Klopp likes Lovren yeah. more than more than most people like Lovren. You know, <laughs> more than Lovren likes Lovren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and genuinely does as well. Like you know, he, he rates him as a player. He likes the attributes he brings, and he believes that. People's judgment of him is clouded by sort of high-profile errors, um, which he does. You know, <laughs> when, when he does make yeah, an error, yeah. it does tend to be a sort of uh, oh, spectacular yeah. error. Um, and what makes it worth? We've said this so many times because he's such an emotional player. Yeah, he'll then desperately try really hard to make up for yeah. it, and then yeah. that's when you tend to yeah. make, make more mistakes. Worse. Yeah, Matthew last night was was mixed. Uh, I I gave him a six in the ratings and sort of said it was hard to make sense of him because he was. He had some good wins, and then he had some errant headers and some loose passes. And I mean, there was one in particular, one errant header where he, I don't, I honestly don't know how he got it out for a corner. It was sort of one that he just had to it's clear. Came back, yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah. and he just, he just headed it like, got a good slice completely on. the wrong way out for a corner. But I think, I think generally, I think the calmer Liverpool's backline is, the better. At the moment, and I think Van Dijk brings calmness, and I think Matty does bring more calmness than Lovren. So I would, I would. Edge towards that one for the City game, um, and a little bit of continuity as well from the Everton game. You know, those two have had ninety minutes together now and done okay. So yeah, I, w- I would go with Gorsty, but I don't think it's um, I don't think it's a cut and dried one, and I think you might see a lot of rotation in that that second centre back position. Another defender who did well, certainly in terms of Neil's ratings, was uh, was Andy Robertson. I mean, yeah. certainly for the first hour, I, th- I thought he was excellent. Found it a little bit difficult towards the end, but then he wasn't the only Liverpool. Liverpool play at that point when Everton were pressing. I mean, what have you made of him? Because I know when we were talking about this before in the office, when Alberto Moreno gets injured against, I think it was Spartak Moscow, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you were yeah. thinking, oh, that's a bit of a blow. But now I don't think anybody's mentioning him. No, no. Well, you know, that's the whole reason Robertson was brought in, wasn't it? He wasn't brought in to, to, to play second fiddle. It was £10 million left back, and at the time it looked like Moreno was was uh, off on his way. Um, I think he's done done quite well, actually. You could you could see in the, in the early stages Everton had, had tried to target him and he got it wide to Balassi a couple of times, and uh, straight away Robertson was into him. He was snapping into tackles and he, he done quite well. He's always going to do well get, getting forward. He puts in a, a hell of a delivery from from wide left, doesn't he? Um, so I, I think generally he, he can be really pleased with how, how he's uh, sort of adjusted into the team since Reno's injury. Because don't forget he didn't feature for two months, did he? Yeah. Um, Klopp. Basically, deciding that a left back on the bench wasn't wasn't worth it. Yeah, I, I, I've been impressed by him actually. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't overly enamoured by his signing and some of his early games actually as well. But I think it's, it's he needed a bit of time to to settle maybe the training regime as well and the, and the, the fact that he's being asked to play a different game. I think less percentage balls. You know, Gorsley says there he can put a good cross in, but I think Liverpool don't cross it as much as maybe he's used to. Or he, well, he's, he's got, he's got nobody to cross it to. Yeah, that respect, yeah, yeah. indeed. But what I liked about him in particular against Everton, I saw him actually at Bournemouth last month and he was, he was pretty good as well in that game, albeit against a Bournemouth side that didn't offer too much. But against Everton, he was aggressive and I liked, I liked that in him. He, he, was, he wasn't afraid to, to go in hard and, 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 and you know, 
attack the winger if you like. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't out of position a great deal either. And when he was, he seemed quite responsible. And James Milner would come across and, and and sort of do that job for him. He uh, he, he won that battle with Balassi quite well. I thought, and he made another big challenge on uh, Kenny in the first half when Kenny was looking mm. to break. Then in the second half, there's a really good header at the back post from um, Rooney hung up across and Calvert Lewin was sort of coming in on and he thought, oh, trouble. And he, Brave, got it away for a throw in. I think he had a very good game. I gave, as I say, I gave him a nine out of ten. If he'd have, uh, if he'd have blasted that one inside the near post when he, he skinned Balassi at the other end in front of the cop, I think he would have got a ten. But and Arigi, yes, and Arigi, or the wine album if you Christian Wall. But um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, positive signs, positive. You know, and I think I think we just made the point before we came in to record this that if Moreno's fit for the City game. I think there's, uh, it, it'll have to be a good case to bring him back in. I'd, I'd, I would, I would keep Robertson against City I even mean, if Moreno's available. Robertson spoke recently about the culture shock of moving from Hull to Liverpool, defending for a team with a team that's basically defending all game, yeah. to defending for a team that's attacking all game. And I think he said that's something that took a long time to get used to, and he says he probably still hadn't at that point become fully acclimatised. But it, it seems as though he, he's more at it now. <clears throat> Certainly, yeah. I mean, you think as well, if you're playing for the likes of Hull, a lot of the time, you're just looking to, to, to get rid and give yourself a breather for a couple of minutes. Liverpool on the front foot for 90 minutes, aren't they? They're attacking. And when, when you do have to defend, you know, that, that's when he's uh, basically he's called, called into action. I think play, playing for Liverpool is, you know, it is chalk and cheese, isn't it, to, to play for the likes of Hull. Uh, you see that with, with a lot of signings who Liverpool have made over the years, where they've <clears throat> kind of elevated them higher up the league and um, the players just haven't adjusted to it but um, you know six months into his Liverpool career I think he can be quite pleased with how it's gone yeah. so if you're playing for Hull I mean with the best will in the world maybe Marco Silva had been playing a little bit different but Mike Phelan early, early part of last season before that Steve Bruce I don't think they were playing too many passes into midfield and, and yeah. trying to build I think Robertson was more Hit the line, you know, space, back up, yeah. back up, and then put the ball into the penalty area, and it, uh, that, that's different. I think it's more about concentration now, isn't it? It's more about being mm. in the right position. He nearly, attack, got, he did nearly get caught out, didn't he? In the second half, one bit where he went up and he lost the ball, and yeah. I can't remember who it was that, was, that managed yeah. to cover down the right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I can't remember. I think it might have been Emery Chan. Yeah, it was one of them. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's, it's a different game. But I, I, like Paul says, he, he's. His first few months, he's adjusted quite nicely, I think, and now he seems to be someone who Klopp's willing to trust. Albeit he, he sort of had to in recent games, but I think he's happy to, to throw him in, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be too scared of of him playing against Manchester City next weekend. Now let's deal with the penalty. It wasn't a penalty, was it? I'll start with you, Ghosty. Well, I thought it was. A, it was actually. No, I, I, I thought Dominic Calvert-Lewin's was a penalty, and I thought this one was. Um, you know, it's. He is significant. You're significantly younger than I am, so maybe it's a an age thing, there, a, yeah. a generational yeah. thing. It's not because in my head, it's never a penalty. But I understand in the, you know, the modern game. But it's still, the thing about this, it's still if that offence takes place anywhere else, it's not even. It's not a foul. It's play on. Yeah, I mean the thing is though, if, if he's got hold of Lalana, then Lalana's entitled to go down. He wouldn't go down on the halfway line because. If yeah, it, it isn't, yeah, yeah. you're going to lose the ball, aren't you? And then you're putting your defence in danger. So he's perfectly entitled to, to to go down under the pressure and, and see what the ref thinks, and he's given the penalty. Same with Calvert-Loon last month. You know, Lovren's left arm comes up into the back, and he goes down. 
on the wet surface and the ref uh, deemed that a penalty as well. And uh, I, I agreed with them, to be honest. So I don't think it's a penalty. Gorsty does think it is. Mm. Neil, uh, you got the casting votes. Penalty. Penalty. I've got, I've got my hand out pointing to the spot. Look, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Premier League <laughs> penalty. That, that it's, We think we play football, you know, us on a, on a Wednesday or a Saturday or a Sunday, whatever, if, you, if you're playing. In the, we don't play the same football as Premier League no. play. And it, it's not the same. You would, be, I would be embarrassed to go to the ground for anything other than something that I couldn't help but go to the ground. I've never, you know, I've never, I don't see the point. I wouldn't want to get dirty. For, for, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even want to do that. You know, just there's no point being on the floor. But don't, <laughs> don't want to wash your kit. Do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want, don't yeah. have knees. But um, the Premier League's different, and there's fine margins and yeah. fine things. I thought Liverpool wouldn't have got the penalty because Mane had the shot. After it, I thought the referee would have sort of used that as the oh, you, I played the advantage. Well, he did, didn't and he? He, he, he was wasn't far yeah. away, was it, from, from scoring? But um, it's just perfect, perfect symmetry, isn't it? Looking back, it had to, it had to happen. Didn't Same it? A soft penalty. Same yeah. end. It had to be a Liverpool get a soft penalty, and then the, the fume from the other side of the, the park. Um, I thought Jurgen Klopp handled it quite nicely in his press conference afterwards, where he said, "Well, I didn't think either of them were penalties." He said, "But you all told me after the first incident that it was, so the, so it is, and I've learned that." It it's wasn't. A, it's a sad indictment. I, do, I know Joe Rimmer says this. He says it's it's a sad reflection of where football is that any sort of contact in the box. But I would point you to the words of Sam Allardyce after the the game in December. I think he said, "Don't put your hands on him. Don't touch him. Don't shove him." And if you don't don't do that, then it can't be a penalty. If you do, you run the risk, and that's what happened. It's, Mason Holgate ran the risk. It's like that saying, isn't it? You know, some sometimes people just say, "Ah, oh, well, it even happens over the season," yeah. and more often than not, it doesn't. But yeah. In this case, it's exactly one all. Yes, fair enough. There was another controversial incident involving a couple of players. Now we can't really get into the specifics of this, yeah. but we don't know them. We start, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the, that's what this investigation is going to be yes. about. And not, the not ours, the FA. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, not ours. Yeah, we, we tried to do our own investigation yeah. last night. It didn't really get anywhere. Um, so Mason Holgate shoves Roberto Firmino into the into the crowd. Not entirely sure why he didn't get booked for that. At least. Yeah. Firmino, not surprising, he's taken it exception. Wasn't a free kick, was it? No, it wasn't. It was thrown to Liverpool. Yeah. Firmino takes exception, races up to Holgate. Referee just gets in in time, but Firmino still fires a few words off, presumably in Portuguese. Obviously, there's a lot, awful lot of lip reads out there who've told us or tried to tell us what's been said. And then in the footage, Holgate reacts. There's a little split second where we can't really see yeah. what Firmino's saying. Yeah. Um, basically, the referee has. Went over to the fourth official, asked him to make a note of it. It's now going to be in the official report that the referee submits to the FA, and the FA, will presumably on Monday, will open up an investigation and ask for evidence from, from both... Oh, well, actually, what they will do is they will ha- look at the video yeah. uh, video evidence, this indif- uh, independent panel, three people. Um, they look at it, and if they're unanimous in having looked at the video evidence that there's a case to answer, they will charge Firmino and or Holgate. Yeah, they, I mean, they... You should stress they could, they could throw it out and say. Not, well, that's it. Yeah, no and all three, the three. And we don't. We also don't know. We don't know what the referee has said, is in in his report yet. It, I think it's an. Is it called an extraordinary incident? Yes, report, it is. Yeah, um, that he will file. It could well be that the referee says, I, I don't believe there's anything, and you know, there's any basis to what what was said, or I don't believe that there's there's anything to worry about. It has, it has but, to be said that Liverpool have already said that they well. 
Yeah. I know that Liverpool have said that they're going to, you know, help out with the inquiry, yeah. but they have to anyway. But yeah, they're, they're trying to be. They're being very proactive, bearing in mind the sensitivities of this issue and previous incidents that Liverpool have been involved yeah. similar to yeah. this. Yeah, we don't. We don't. There'll be people screaming probably now saying you're not you're, you're skating around the issue, but we don't. We don't, we don't know for know sure. What it is. We and don't, it's a, we don't it's a very strong allegation we, we can, to make. We've yeah. all seen what we've seen, and we all know what's being said, and suggested, and alleged. But until the FA report what the accusation is and whether there's going to be an investigation, we really can't speculate on it, and it's not helpful for us to speculate on it. What I would say is, it was um, it was a very silly thing that Mason Holgate did to, to spark the incident. Um, very. You know, not a lot gets made of things like that, but I really don't. It really does do me. And when you see players running off the pitch, and you don't like want, that, do you? Yeah. To, I just think it's so dangerous. It's just so unnecessary. It's it's sly and it's snidey. Um, Firmino went you know straight into the first couple of rows of the uh, the, the paddock. Um, the, well, it was the old paddock. Yeah, it's now, just, paddock, it's now yeah. just the main stand, the main and I believe. Stand. Yeah, one of our we, colleagues was sat right by it. Yeah, and it, yeah. it seems with the adult and child section, which have been moved yeah, because yeah, I mean, because Evan had the full uh, yeah, amphi You know, you don't. It, it, what it does is it puts a couple of supporters at risk as well mm. when when they've got a. a I mean, it's not like it's not like Holgate though was looking and saying they're the kids over there. No, no, absolutely there. not. But anyway, that, that's it's by the by. What whatever happened after that is is the the flashpoint, and we just have to wait and see. We have to wait until Monday or whenever it is that the FA opening. We would presume Monday or Tuesday they yeah, would come back. Presume with a, that there would be an there would be an update then, and then after that it's down to Liverpool, Everton, the players involved, and the FA to, to decide. And we'll have to we'll have to judge it when we when we get more information. But yeah, it wasn't. It's not never nice, and it's it's always you know my fingers are crossed basically that that it, it turns out not to be something that can cause. Potential damage to reputations, relationships, and and integrity of games. Yeah, one thing I would say was basically, if anything untoward has been said and or, or alleged or whatever, um, Bobby Madley couldn't have been any closer, could he? He was basically the buffer between the two players. Yeah. Now, he from... does have an earpiece in one of his in one yeah, of his ears. Yeah. So whether or not somebody was saying something at that time, maybe right. Yeah. Is he also? He, he can pick up yeah. what's said by a microphone as well. Kind of, we've had that with um, Clattenburg with. Uh, Chelsea's players wasn't yeah. it? John Obi McKell, and and referees do have microphones on them, so you would assume that that would be part of the investigation. Did that pick up anything, or you know what was picked up? So as as Gorsi said, he he was he was on the scene, and there was certainly no um, there was no desire from him to to, to take action about something unacceptable being yeah. said. He didn't which, even book, book them, did he? No, neither of them were booked. And after say the game was played on, um, I don't I didn't. Notice any sort of special treatment going out to Firmino second half, or or you know any other sort of potential spats. You know there was a few tackles that went in, but it didn't seem like there was a, a great deal more animosity yeah. after half time. And I did see there was a report in one of the papers, I think it was the Mirror, which said that it was a misunderstanding that was cleared up at half time. Well, I think someone's taken the slight uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. But the... I wonder. I do. I, I just wonder. I, Listen, we're all speculating. We've we say we wouldn't speculate. We're speculating a bit too much already. But it's one of them. Just, well, we just can deal with the fact that both managers out. were asked about it. After yeah, the game. They, were, they were. And, both and very much nothing. saying they didn't really want to say anything about it either, because the same as us, they didn't. Really they know didn't the exactly facts. batter away. Did they? They did say, well, "I'm not commenting on it until 
Yeah. Allardyce said it's up for the authorities. Yeah. And Klopp said, Klopp said. Out to Steve Walsh. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was busy last night, Steve Walsh. Yeah. He was signing a striker. But um, Klopp also Half said. Time. Yes, Klopp said. Um, I think he said he thought it, the whole issue was about. It's about how they pushed him out. Yeah, yeah. And, and he misunderstood it and he was told it was about something else. Now, Liverpool obviously won 2 1. Uh, they put a very strong team out in the FA Cup, probably due to bounty because they were playing Everton. However, has that now worked in their favour, Paul? Because they're now away in Dubai for a, presumably for a few days on a, on a warm weather training camp. Lucky for them. Um, but the fourth round and the fifth round of the cup are on three weekends. You know, the, Liverpool aren't like the last couple of seasons in the semi-finals of the League Cup, so January is going to be nowhere near as busy as it has been. They've got a bigger squad, and as we've said before. Liverpool, we don't really know what the, the full-strength team is because the the rotation. Is this now a chance for Liverpool, depending on the draw, to take the FA Cup a lot more seriously than they have done perhaps in the last couple of years? And it, will they now be looking at it as though this is something we can win? Yeah, 100%. I think if you look at it realistically, you know, who knows how far they can go in the Champions League. That uh, superb attack might you know, compensate for a, a leaky defence or Virgil van Dijk might be the answer to all the problems. But I think if you look at it realistically... Um, the FA Cup is the, uh, the the most realistic chance of silverware. Um, so I, I see no reason why Liverpool don't basically go for that full belt, um, full strength team, as much as they can, and, and see where it takes them. Um, there's obviously Everton already out, so, so there's one of the Premier League's big teams out already. So um, you know why not uh, chase it with everything they've got? Neil, yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, Jurgen Klopp was asked pre-game about does he feel the weight of expectation on manages to, to win trophies and he, he said he does he said you know you you can't be at Liverpool and not be expected to win trophies well it hasn't changed I don't think in the sense that it hasn't changed to a situation where it's like you've got to win trophies but not the FA Cup and not the League Cup you know it, it, it's a trophy is a trophy you can still a lot of people do seem to think and sometimes it is true but most of the time it's not a lot of people seem to think that it's either a good league run or a good FA Cup run well I, I think Clubs like Liverpool should have a squad that can cope with both. Well, what's been interesting today, we've noticed, is that an awful lot of teams, Premier League teams, are playing yeah. very, very strong uh, lineups in the FA Cup, including, as we checked before, both Manchester City and Burnley were playing each other. Yeah, and Manchester United last night as yep. well were pretty, pretty strong. Everton were as strong as they possibly could be. Yeah. Anyone, did they? Um, yeah, well, good on them, and so they should. You know. We talk about the magic of the FA Cup. I know Joe Rimmer is not here today. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely hates the FA Cup and the, and the sort of the um, the the talk and the cliches that go around it. But there's no question that the 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 lore of the cup has has completely eroded over recent years because of the Champions League and because of the, the money that's on offer in the Premier League. And if you're a struggling Premier League club, you probably think I've got no chance of winning this cup and I need to stay in the Premier League. And if you're a Champions League club. And it comes to the fourth, fifth round of the, the cup, you, you're probably thinking oh, the Champions League is far more important to us. So you've seen you've had situations where teams now have a cup keeper, or they have, you know, they, they'll make eleven changes. Bournemouth in recent season, I don't they're getting beat at the moment by Wigan. I've just noticed on me on me my phone, they've been trademarking eleven changes in the cup games. Yeah, I don't know if they've done it today. I, I, I can check this. This could be live. This is interactive <laughs> and also slightly giving away when we're recording it. Yeah, exactly. So it's still one nil by the way. Yeah, I mean yeah, they have made changes with Boric is playing, Brad Smith's playing, you know, Hindman, Mahoney, Moussey. 
I've not, you know, they're there. I know from just looking at that team that that's not a Bournemouth first mm-hmm. team. You know, there's no, there's the bench has got Ibe, people like that, Callum Wilson, Dan Gosling. So they're they're a team that are going to make changes, and you can see why they would. But I, I think for the, the bigger clubs, Liverpool included, I think there's no excuse. You should have a squad capable of of competing on more than one front because that's why you're a big club. Indeed. Now we've managed to get half an hour into this podcast. And we're now going to deal with the issue that's been dominating the news for Liverpool supporters for most of the last few days. Now, Liverpool are out in Dubai, Neil, but somebody's not gone. Yeah, me. <laughs> yes, didn't, didn't get the call. Didn't get the call. No, uh, me and Philip Coutinho. Um, Philip Coutinho's not gone to Dubai. Surprise, surprise, you might say. But, um, yeah. And it's not because he's injured either, is it? No, it's not. He's not at Melwood. He wasn't at Anfield last night either for the game. Um, obviously, that thigh... Can't get them up the up the stairs into the. Uh, the They've got escalators box. now and lifts. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't care about that, <laughs> Philip. Um, he needs yeah. to get himself sat in a in a plane. Yes. So he's going to Brazil, then he'll be sat. Yeah, he'll be fine, <laughs> yeah. some powers. Yeah, 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 uh, uh, a Brazil national team squad and we'll really test that. that but um, but seriously now. Seriously, yeah. What we what we what it looks like and what we seem to be edging towards is some sort of end game. And Barcelona are convinced, Coutinho's representatives are increasingly convinced that there's something coming in terms of an agreement with Liverpool. They're convinced that Coutinho's not going to play for Liverpool again, which he has not articulated, as far as I'm aware, to Liverpool. He's certainly let it be known through other means. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. he's pretty much convinced he's, he's he, his head, his head is yeah. in, in, in Catalonia, definitely. Uh, some suggestions in Spain that he'll be at Camp Nou tomorrow to watch Barcelona against Levante uh, which would be yeah it would be probably the biggest the biggest hint yet yeah. uh, that, that he's made um, apart from actually being on the pitch in the Barcelona top but it's I, I'm, I'm saddened by it because I think it's a big mistake by Liverpool personally I think it's really because yeah, I, I know you said I know because you because I, I wrote a piece on yeah. Friday and it, it, it was based on the fact that the player clearly wants to go and Barcelona clearly want the player. And for all these people going, why do they want him now? Why would he want to go now? Yeah. He does. So that you have yeah. to just deal with that. That's what they want. And I don't necessarily believe that Liverpool will be able to sell the player for as much or as straightforwardly, if that's a word, yeah, it is. as now than they would do in the summer. And I know you disagree with yeah, me on that. Yeah, I, I just, I think, well, one, I think... They've, they've made... If you don't want him in the summer, then fine. No, Liverpool keep him. All he can do in the summer is, is play well at the World Cup, though, isn't it? And yeah. improve his value. Yeah. But then you should never buy people on the back of a you good World but, Cup. But, but, not, but, but Barcelona wouldn't be buying them on the back of a World Cup. But Liverpool could easily... If, if Coutinho stays and plays, which I still don't think is an absurd possibility. As much as I think we're going... It? Yeah, it's happened once. It's happened in, in crazy situations with Carlos Tevez. Carlos Tevez, mm. you know. Where there's no chance he was ever going to play for Man City again, and then he did and helped them win the league. You know, however small his role was, he still played a role. I, I don't see if Coutinho helps Liverpool in the Champions League. If, if he comes to March and he hasn't played for a month, but he's available, Liverpool pick him, in my opinion, and he, he makes them a better team. It gets to the summer, Barcelona still want him. If, even if Liverpool, you know, even if the offer isn't quite the same as, as it is now and it's a little bit less. I think Liverpool have gained more by keeping them than than by taking an extra fifteen or twenty million pound or an extra ten million of add-ons. So, I would, 
I listen. It's not down to me. It's, I have no say in this whatsoever, and nor should I. <laughs> but but if it was down, if it was down to me, I would be digging my heels in, turning my phone off, <laughs> telling telling the team, you day, "Sorry, <laughs> I wish." Um, saying, "Look, sorry, mate. Look, read your contract. Read the small print. You're going nowhere." Read your contract, <laughs> indeed. Um, but. I don't think Liverpool will. That's that's the that's the, the rub of the matter. I think Liverpool will. There's definitely been a softening in the stance. Mm. I think they're willing to consider what Barcelona are going to put on the table <laughs> when they put it on the table. I don't think they have yet, but I think when it comes, I think we'll probably see the end of Coutinho at Liverpool this month. And in my opinion, a big mistake by by the Reds and one that they'll have to negate by doing some good work in the transfer market. Now, Ghosty, a lot of this Coutinho stuff, the changing of the stance, is, we're led to believe is to do with Jurgen Klopp himself. I mean, we know he's quite strong on a team ethic and, and you know, and unit, team unity. There's no suggestion that Coutinho is anything other than a very popular presence in the dressing room. But he's already gone through one transfer window where he miraculously recovers from injuries as soon as it closes. And what a surprise, at the start of this one, he's injured again. Can Liverpool afford to go through that again? Because... You know, for all, for all we know, we might not play again in January. He might do the same thing. It comes to February, and then it, it took a little while to integrate him. And suddenly, you're into March, and the season's nearly finished. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, oh, we could have just got rid of him. But as Neil says, it's probably going to come down to the fact whether or not they can replace him now. Exactly. Yeah, I think the difference being is that the summer window's three months long, isn't it? So I think Liverpool have got you know less time to to try and duck and dodge passes, advances for as long as they can. But I think. If uh, if he does go as is looking the case, who who do you replace him with? I mean, I know Neil said on, on last week's pod, um, there's there's plenty of playmaker type players across Europe who are, who are available and and the pool could look to bring in. I know Christian Walsh has kind of identified half a dozen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> half a dozen million. That's just in the last <laughs> hour. Yeah. But um, you know, are any of them as as good as Coutinho? Well, no, they're not. That's the whole point. Exactly. That's, the whole, that's so, why Barcelona won him. Well, yeah. So you know, it's difficult to see. What Liverpool can get from, from offloading them this month, it, uh, even for him, I mean, he's going to go to La Liga and he's probably going to pick up a, a title after you know four months or whatever. But I think what you got to what you got to do is you got to change the the focus of the game. So so it can't be you can't just bring in Thomas Lamar and go. You do exactly what Coutinho has been doing. So we'll give you the ball all the time and you're on all the set pieces and you're going to cut in from the left and shoot because it. it it doesn't work like that. We've got to redesign a team. Well, this comes back to the rotation thing and the fact that I think it was Christian that said it that Coutinho's actually not played in one position this season. He's yeah. played in two or three. Yeah, but he plays on the right for, for Brazil. He plays on, played on the left last season for Liverpool. He's played. And it was only like a the, the couple of games last towards the end of last season that he was then playing the yeah. central area where everybody's saying what a great. Yeah, thing I, I, I think that's his best position as a third midfielder. Yeah, I because do. I think Liverpool's midfield without him is very. Um, one of going to use one of my favourite words, prosaic. It's just the same old, same old, and you know, it's got a little bit of pace from Oxley Chamberlain, a little bit of craft from Lallana, but not enough of either to make a real difference from the middle of the park, in my opinion. So you, you don't want a situation where Liverpool are going into massive games with the midfield of Henderson, Chamwire, Alden. I, I don't think, because... I just think it's too samey and it doesn't win you. It doesn't create enough chances for those fantastic well, he, he, forwards that Liverpool still have. Even that will only be that for four, five months because Cater's coming. Well, Cater, yeah, that that will that will be a, a change. Obviously, Chan's probably going as well, yeah. so that that would that would offset that. 
yeah, that that would be a change. I wonder whether that might be something Liverpool can consider for this month as part of the contingency plan that I mm. mentioned. Can they can they get Cater a bit earlier? Leipzig seem to be saying no chance, but, but it's not they also said they, popular, they also yeah, said they're yeah. never going to sell him in the end of summer and they, they eventually agree the fee. Um, I think Liverpool they have to do something. They have to whether it's redesigning the team a little bit by bringing in say a, a, a real forward and then playing sort of two up and maybe moving moving that system around that way or whether they bring in a sort of hold midfielder and they free up a Chan or someone like that to, to go forward a bit more or if they just try and buy a like for like like a Thomas Lamar or a, a Draxler maybe or that, that kind of ilk you know they're just names I'm throwing out there rather than rather than scouting suggestions but I think they've got to do something because I can't. I just can't imagine a situation on February the first where Coutinho's gone and Liverpool haven't brought anyone in because I think there would be fume and justified fume. The and thing, not just for me. The thing is, Gorsty, you mentioned then that Liverpool won't have three months to, to fend them off. But what they have had since they were fending them off for a couple of months, they've had four or five five months to prepare for the fact that Barcelona would come back in, that Coutinho would probably say, "I want to go again." And while they they thought, well, we'll agree a deal and he can go into summer, it's clear that both of those two parties want it done now for whatever reason. Liverpool must have some, as Neil mentioned, they must have some kind of contingency plan. And if they didn't, that would be incredibly remiss of them, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. And it would be kind of a a throwback to to windows of, you know, a few years ago where Liverpool kind of sold lights of Robbie Keane and and didn't bring anyone in. It's, It's a similar type of situation. Um, it, it beggars belief if Liverpool sold Philip Coutinho this month and didn't bring anyone in, you know, as an immediate replacement. Um, I, I I don't see what Liverpool have to gain from from selling this month. Um, I know you, you kind of argued the opposite yesterday, but it's not it, about what they can gain. It's about it's more about there's a certain inevitability about it. it Just on. get over it. It's what I'm saying. Not that's only terrible, actually. I might rephrase that. Yeah. But but it's <laughs> more. It's more. Yeah, it's more the fact he's going. Full stop. He's going. We all accept he's going, don't we? Yeah. Yes. Do we accept yeah, yeah. that if he stays, there is the chance that he might spit his dummy out the pram and not perhaps be as good as he was the last month or so? I don't know because he didn't do that for the first few months of the season, did he? You know, his attitude has been exemplary from from what you hear and, and what you but see. He's done it, and but performances he's done it. as well that they he, haven't dwindled. He's done it once. But this is that going to be a second time, isn't yeah. it? Now we're thinking, hang on a minute. We're looking at that World Cup in June, though, only and think if I start throwing my toys out the pram, I'm not on the right side of yeah. TCs from three or whatever. I, th- I think that that's going to be a big card dangled at him. But he still wants to go this month. Yeah, we can't get can't get over that. Oh, no, he, he, he does, and I know what you're saying. A lot of money, I know, I know it's, it's a lot of money, of, isn't it? Sort of face your fears type of thing, isn't mm. it? And sort of don't don't hide from it, and don't delay the inevitable, and and and, and be brave enough to say, you know what, you're not as big as Liverpool. You know, you might be a very. Is good that player. what it could come down to? Is it about because uh, I've seen a few mentions on social media that it is like he's not bigger than the club. Yeah, but he isn't. I mean, listen, he's not even. He won't even be the biggest player from Liverpool to go to Barcelona. You know, that that's a fact. You could argue that 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 Mascherano was as important to Liverpool when he went to Barcelona, mm-hmm. and obviously Suarez more so. So, but he, in my opinion, he's Liverpool's best player. Um, well, he is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone might argue unanimous then. But <laughs> well I, played, still, I still think Liverpool have shown a little bit this season that they can 
they can do without him in certain games. I just think long term and in big games, when it, when it comes down to the crunch in the Champions League, I think they just need they need someone else to yeah, come into that team the, and be be I, able yeah, to, to be a match winner for I them. I don't think there's anybody that doubts if Liverpool will be worse off without him. Yeah, certainly no. in the short term. Even though the stats show that they win more points, don't they? But I, I guess it depends on the level of the performance. Level of the team of you're playing yeah. against. Well, stuff how many like games that. would he play when he's not playing? Well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Indeed. And and against him, he, he tends. You know, Casino's not often left on the bench when Liverpool are playing one of the big boys. So which, which makes it more difficult. Yeah, to, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that should do us. Um, I think we've done more than enough on Coutinho. I suspect that we're going to be speaking about him again next <laughs> time. Join, we, join we, us tomorrow for our special. Join Coutinho. us in an hour where we do another one. Yes. <laughs> right. Join us next week where we will be talking about Coutinho and Liverpool in Dubai and looking ahead to Manchester City. Cheerio.